welcome back to another episode of Friends of the Vine Wine Podcast. So, episode 53. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a while. It's been a, a hot minute, as they say, as the kids say these days. Welcome back. Thank you for for joining me. It's been a while. It's been uh, it's been over a month. Looking back at last year, I, I didn't realize that that so little amount of episodes have been put out. But here we are, and uh, unfortunately, that uh, that is the case. Uh, I'm gonna try try my best this year to throw out more more content, even if it's um, even if it's just shows like this where it's just me, you know, doing a recap or providing you guys with some some content in some sort so I've got some guests lined up for for this year already uh, I've actually got a, a show uh, later today with um, Rafael de Lima who is a owns a wine bar in, in Porto in Portugal and he does a lot of uh, a lot of online learning uh, lessons as well so we'll be chatting later on today just wanted to give a, a quick shout out to one of my longtime listeners uh, Sarah uh, from Lariana Sellers, Sarah's one of the one of the first people to uh, consistently listen to the show, and uh, I, I had a great chance to to meet her a couple of years ago. Uh, I guess I don't think I saw her last year, so I missed her in 2019. Then, uh, and um, it was a lot of fun meeting her, and uh, and one of the big fans of the show. So uh, shout out to her. She's been in uh, listening pretty much since day one. So appreciate appreciate the the longtime listeners, people who've been listening for a long time and, and continue to follow. So I just wanted to do kind of a, a bit of a recap from last year and you know as 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 the pandemic didn't allow for a lot of, of travel and a lot of uh, a lot of you know in-person conversations you know um, it's been amazing to be able to talk to people over over Zoom and, and, and FaceTime and Skype and be able to record these conversations and be able to at least get some content for you guys and, and chat with people you know over this medium so uh, I had I did have a couple though that uh, were in person. You know, earlier in the year, uh, it's funny now to look back, right? Look at how optimistic uh, some of the early shows were, and, and thinking about traveling to Portugal this summer and being able to travel and, and hit different uh, wineries and chat with people. But um, that is the case that uh, we unfortunately had to do a lot of them over over Zoom. One of the early episodes from last year was with Matt Landry who is a, uh, a great psalm in the Vancouver area. He's at uh, Fiore in South Granville. And uh, we actually chatted early in the year. And then uh, we actually met up again in uh, July, late July, my, my wife and I's wedding anniversary. We went downtown and spent the weekend hitting some, some restaurants in Vancouver. And uh, actually Sean Nelson from Hawksworth joined us as well. He's, he, was one, he was on one of the earlier episodes as well, another great psalm and uh, and a uh, great guy. So we went and we went uh, and hung out at Matt's uh, Matt's restaurant and uh, what a great host that Matt was as well. Uh, made us up some appies and stuff, and uh, he actually pulled out a uh, Italian natural wine for us that night, and we had that at his restaurant. So that was that was great, lots of fun, both funny guys and just just a great time hanging out with them. So. Um, that was one of the earlier episodes that we had. Managed to get up to Hatch Wines in April. 
and do a full full chasing with Grayson. That's another great group up there. Uh, Grayson and Jason Parks and, and Michaela and all that group up there. For those of you guys who don't know, uh, Hatch Wines has now opened up the, the Jason Parks Customs and the, and the the whole the whole scene of theirs up there. They've now opened up a couple other offshoots from from Hatch Wines. So they've now got their Black Swift uh, Black Swift uh, Wines um, is now out of its own uh, store or of its own, of its own wine shop. So Black Swift Vineyards is now running its own its own place. And just recently opened is Crown and Thieves, which is a new project that just opened uh, within the last couple of weeks. So I'm looking forward to to going up. I'm going to try and hopefully get up in the next couple of weeks and be able to chat with Jason in person and uh, it's such a cool concept uh, it looks like a like this old school you know uh, bombed bombed out World War II ruins from France you know with half the half the side of the wall missing and as you go in you know the the kind of eclectic mix of of it's lots of like wood and like you know velvet couches and uh, wallpaper and there's like paintings on the ceiling uh there's a a speakeasy down in the basement with uh you know you can go down and have a cocktail and then uh, up on the rooftop there's a, a patio on the rooftop that overlooks the vineyards and goes down and overlooks lake okanagan it's up on the hill and go up in this rooftop patio and look out through the open windows and uh look down towards the lake so uh, a great concept and the crown and thieves wine on its own is one of my favorites so uh just a great concept and and it's unique for the okanagan so it's uh it's going to be it's going to be an amazing experience going up there and, and hopefully i'll be able to uh bring my uh bring my mic and uh, have a little chat with jason while i'm up there so the other thing that this year brought us was a few a few topics within the wine industry that we 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 hit on i know we we don't try and be too heavy on the show uh we don't try to be too nerdy and too and you know too geeky or too heavy but uh you know there are some topics right quartermaster sommelier is you know for those of you that are in the wine industry or or are familiar with uh you know with the court um you know they had their controversies you know earlier on uh, i guess late 2019 was the you know the cheating scandal and then uh 2020 we had a lot of lack of of direction from the from the board of directors and a lot of that old boys club a lot of that uh lack of uh lack of initiative to to, <clears throat> to handle things uh so you know you had a lot of kind of um internal strife internal you know issues with um you know with uh a lot of old boys, uh, old boys club kind of stuff. You know, sexual harassment from some of these uh, master psalms, and um, you know, no direction, no initiative to to support um, you know Black Lives Matters uh, movements, and and no kind of um, decision making from from the from the board. So they all they all stepped down, and uh, there's a new kind of um, new breath of fresh air going through them. So. Um, I had a conversation with Bobby Burgess, who is a, a psalm down in Mississippi. She was very instrumental in, in a lot of that movement. And, and Sabato Segaria, who is a master psalm, again, a lot, of these, um, a lot of these master psalms stepped up and were very vocal. So both my, my episodes with them, uh, we kind of touch on it a little bit. 
they were both um, people that were were instrumental in getting their voice heard about um, about what was going on. So I had a great ch- chat with Diogo Reyes, who is uh, someone that I wanted to meet. He's a he's a great guy, and his his wines uh, as well. I got the I got the taste uh, not last year, but the year before. So uh, looking forward to seeing him again in, in person. He came up to Vancouver as part of one of the wine festivals, so uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, I did get to manage to see uh, Brett Thiessen, who is the viticulturist for Mount Boucherie Wines and Russ Wine Co. And we had a we went up to the Okanagan in, in the summer, and we had an amazing dinner with with uh, Brett uh, at Mount Boucherie, and uh, we got to sample a ton of of Mount Boucherie wines. I think we I think we sampled 12 different wines that night, so that was a great great time with him and, and being able to chat with him. And then one of the other you know kind of controversial topics that uh, that we were tackling last year was uh, we talked with Randy Ullum, who's from uh, Kendall Jackson Wines, and it's that it's that classic Chardonnay debate, right? That uh, that ABC acronym. So a lot of people right now. Uh, are all on board with Chardonnay and um, you know always bank on Chardonnay and so you know that's always been that polarizing grape so Randy and I discussed that a little bit uh, uh, as well um, among other topics so just some fun some fun shows last year Brenna Quigley who is a geologist uh, we had a great conversation with her about um, about talking about terroir and talking about and she actually has her own podcast so we talked about that uh, and um, talking about talking about rocks, talking about terroir, talking about all those things that, that go into that great glass of wine that we enjoy. Talking about limestone, talking about clay, all those all those contributing factors, right? So this year, I'm hoping to get quite a few more shows in. I've actually got a show lined up for later today with Rafael de Lima, who's from uh, from from Portugal as well, actually. Um, thinking of Diogo, um, uh, Raf, Raf is someone who uh, runs a wine bar in Porto, and he is another guy who has been sharing his his knowledge and and wine uh, wine experience online and doing uh, doing some Friday night uh, Friday night shows uh, talking about different topics and and kind of giving his experience and his his expertise to to uh, you know to uh, at least i think it's about 10 people that they cap it at so it's a it's a great time i've, I've um, been in a couple with him and uh just sharing his expertise and uh just you know people have questions and and need someone who knows what they're talking about to be able to answer them and it's just a fun a fun hangout you know having a glass of wine you know if you're if you're everyone's on zoom right and uh, if you're having dinner or you're having a glass of wine or whatever it is and you're just you're just all you know hanging out and chatting so uh, that's lots of fun uh, I've got a few other uh, guests that are going to come this year one other that I'll share is uh, a couple of guys uh, out of the New York area who actually have their own um, their own podcast on cigars uh, it's called the Burndown. and uh, Justin and Eric we're going to chat uh, hopefully in February we'll chat and combining um, all those experiences that go together, right? Coffee and cigars, food and wine, um, wine and cigars, scotch and cigars. You know, there's a lot of different um, different things that go hand in hand, right? And uh, and wine and cigars go well together. And, and scotch, as as you guys know, I, I like my scotch as well. So we'll we'll have a great chat and uh, make some suggestions for uh, cigar pairing with with different wines. 
So stay tuned for that. That should be hopefully coming up next month. So yeah, so just a, a quick little recap for you guys for this for from last year and uh, what to look forward to for this coming year. So new year, new show. And I'll just throw a couple quick little little recap sound bites in there for you guys. Take care. Have a glass for me. Yeah, I say it all the time, but like it really is this like ethereal little otherworldly thing where there's so many microcosms of like yeah. variants in, in topography, climate, what have you, like all these little pockets throughout the valley that are this like pumping out yeah. magic, yeah. but very, very, very different breeds of magic, all in really close proximity to to one another, and that's like it's always been so one even of my like favorite. the even like the smokamine and, and yeah. down that way, right? Like yeah, smokamine is a the smoke mean is a whole other otherworldly yeah. uh, thing. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, the diversity of it is stunning. And that's always been one of my favorite things about this portfolio, and and like having these long-term contract growers that like span the whole of the Okanagan and and Similkameen valleys is that at least here within this portfolio, like you can you can genuinely taste through the whole thing. Yeah. In one in one location, um, which is which has always been yeah. It's great if you don't have the time to drive for a whole bunch of hours, but you still want to cover as much ground as you can. Yeah. Just come and drink through various brands in, in this little shack. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah, man. Tasty. Anytime. It is yeah. quite literally my job. And one of the only things that I'm any good at, so. You are good at many things, sir. <laughs> I will write you a check. Every year the winner of the Somme competition, almost every year, gets to make a wine with the Okanagan Crush Pad. And it's a really good initiative, proceeds go to charity, it's fun. And when I was thinking about what style of wine I wanted to make, you know, some of my friends have made some really nice, elegant wines. You know, they're a little bit more expensive. I, I felt like that's not really, when people think of me, they don't think of elegance. <laughs> it's not really my brand. So I wanted something that was gonna be kind of fun, that was gonna be energetic, that was gonna be uh, simple, youth-driven. Um, I sound like an old person, just being like, oh, I'm marketing this to the <laughs> I'm youth. marketing to the young people. Yeah, I'm hip, I'm with it. Uh, no, I wanted something that was like, had some energy and had some, uh, I've worked pretty hard at the Stable House over the years to, to make my list um, approachable and irreverent. And I think that's, I think that's what more people than not appreciate about my wine list there. And I wanted my wine to be like that. Also, that's the best photo that's ever been taken of me. And uh, so getting it like a nice drawing rendering of it was great. Right. Yeah. yeah. That is my grade 11 yearbook photo in case nice. some people don't know that. But. Right. I think there are interesting examples of that. I think the, the most interesting example I was just talking to a friend about the other day is, um, is Alsace. You know, like the, it, it has this crazy human history where it was, you know, German and it was French and it was not French, but not German, blah, 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 you know, kind of, they had this, they had this cultural identity crisis. And then you look at the grapes that are planted there and there's this kind of grape identity crisis where there are, you know, how many different varieties grow throughout Alsace and they're all in all of the different 
vineyards, you know, all of the great vineyards have several different varieties planted and, and there's kind of this sort of confusion there. And then um, when you look at the wines, there's, you know, sweet and sparkling, you know, dry, off dry. There's sort of this identity crisis in a lot of the wines. And when you look at the geology, it's absolutely wild because there's like a huge identity crisis in the geology. There's nowhere else in the world that I can think of that has such a dramatic change in, you know, the, the geological basis for the terroirs in such short distances. It honest to God looks like a checkerboard. Mm. And then there's everything from, you know, granite to limestone to alluvial things. And they're all, you know, meters away from each other. And I mean, it's just, it's maybe just in like a poetic sense, but it's just crazy how all of those things kind of compound on top of each other. You know, the geological history in Alsace, you know, is hundreds of millions of years old, but how in some weird way it kind of reflects the people and the wines. And, you know, it's all kind of all messily tied up into one. So it's kind of a beautiful story, but also kind of explains, I think, why Alsace is a hard sell for a lot of people. And I think it's because it's so, it's so complicated. And I mean, and that's the educational side too. Not only is it fun and entertaining and, and like I said, watching yourself and others blind taste or, or learning, and, but then the other side is learning new stuff, right? Like you did the one on the Sangiovese, uh, which I thought was really good. And those are fun too, because I, I, I like to watch those. Like is a very loose term. Um, it's uncomfortable for me to watch them, but I enjoy watching them and uh, watching with my girlfriend's chance for her to brush up on. She's not in the, the wine industry. She loves drinking wine, but to give her a little bit of knowledge and uh, understand sort of what we're drinking sometimes um, with it. And, uh, you know, the, one of the, you mentioned the blind tastings. Last time I was in L.A., we were planning on doing the the uh, the notebooks and I think we did Tempranillo, we did Nebbiolo, um, and we did a couple other little segments. And then um, Jason said, and what do you want for the blind tasting? I was like, wait, you never never mentioned a blind tasting. Um, so that was something like, oh, I didn't. And uh, and so that was something that was kind of sprung on me. But in the end, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Jeff Fisher, who's a winemaker for Habit Wine down in, in Santa Barbara, was uh, a good friend. And so fortunate was with him. So we had a lighthearted afternoon about it. And I knew it wasn't going to be too high stakes. But uh, it, was, it was fun. And I enjoy it getting to kind of work those muscles out every once in a while. It's not something I do day in, day out. So any chance I, I get to do that and polish it up, uh, it's always fun. I guess our sous chef and, or was a sous chef at the time, now he owns his own restaurant. Um, our sous chef at the time and our chef de cuisine were like, hey, have you ever seen the song films? And I was like, well, no, I don't even own TV. Still don't own TV. And they were like, you need to go like, go to someone's house, watch these movies, you know, it's what you want to do. And I think you'll really like it. I watched the movie. I see them blind tasting dropped out of my exam that night. I was like, I can't do this. This is not, this is not something I can do. And I think I made a post on Instagram and I don't remember what it was, but I made a post. This has been years ago. And one of them, I'm pretty sure it was D Lynn who reached out off of an Instagram post and was like, hey, you should sign back up for your exam. I definitely think you can do this. Don't be scared, all this other stuff. And I made some tweets at the same time and 
the Psalm film, and all of them have been following me ever since. Oh, that's cool. They've just followed my journey, and they're, they are amazing people. Yeah. Yeah, I've... Uh... I've had some good chats with um, most of the, most of them, uh, starting with Brian, and then um, I met Madeline a couple times, and uh, and then chatted with Jason um, a bunch of times. We even were we were texting when um, they did the Psalm three release uh, up in Vancouver. They had it in like a small theater and stuff, and um, actually Madeline was there as one of the hosts uh, presenting it kind of thing. And we were I was texting with Jason, and he was so curious to see how the response was from the crowd and stuff and he was you know texting me like is everybody enjoying it and he was he was so into it right like just curious and and worried about his film uh which was which was super cool to see his films are awesome and i honestly since they were all so kind to me when i first got started in the industry I probably spend most of my day listening to their podcasts or watching Psalm TV or rewatching the movies, um, an obnoxious amount of time. I would go over to my friend's house almost every single night to the point where I had a bedroom at his house. That's he had just funny. built me my own, my own room. Cause I would watch the Psalm movie every single night because I was just amazed that anyone had reached out to me and cared about, this girl from Mississippi even wanting to take these exams. I'm, I'm not a winemaker, so I, I can taste wine and appreciate barrel to barrel, but that's where Jeff's palate and Ryan's palate really come into it, where they can go, okay, this differentiates it. Actually, on like my first interview in the wine cellar here, like I hadn't even switched jobs yet. I came in to just have an interview, and Jeff said, let's go downstairs. And he grabbed a wine thief and two wine glasses, and we tasted through all the 2018 Pinot Noir. And he said, here's some chalk, check mark the ones you like, mm. X the ones you don't. And then he went through after and checked them. And once we decided, okay, we agree, that's what became our 2018 Pinot Noir. Sounds like your relationship with these, with these both these winemakers is, is just a great, like a harmonious relationship. Well, it has to be. Like we can't, I mean, there's certain things, like I said, the reasoning Jeff wanted it at this bricks, this pH, and I just kind of held out and was like, oh yeah, it'll be there. It'll be there tomorrow, and we were already there, and I was just reaching for that next brick. And then when it gets here, he's like, oh, it's too high. And I was like, oh, shoot. Is it? But, you know, we Wink. we make something really good. I don't yeah. think he knows that story until he listens to this. So sorry, funny. Jeff. Um, but it, it created something great, and, you know, that is one of our top skews right now. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a little bit of we could fight about it or we can just figure it out. And now that we're in meetings and we're actually planning things a lot more strategically. We're, we're going into harvest this year already prepared for, you know, what, what we want to do and how we want to do it. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been a, a lot of people have a learning curve when they start a job and this has just been like hit the wall and climb and every day is totally different. Like I said, you start your day with a plan and the next hour that plan is totally different. And that's just working with nature and working with vines that don't have a schedule. So we're uh, we're working through it. We're making a lot of changes, and hopefully everyone sees them for changes for the better. I know we do, and 
it's becoming something a lot better, having a more transparent, clean wine. I, I hate that term, clean wine. It, it implies that other people don't make clean wine, yeah. which is such a weird, off-putting buzzword these days. Yeah. But, you know, just knowing what goes into our soil that translates into our fruit, that translates into our bottle, and being 100% comfortable with, I would ingest that, so our, our guests should also feel comfortable. And that's a big thing for me because there's a long list of wines in the world that I won't drink. And it's not because I'm a wine snob. It's because I know what goes into them. And I appreciate wine and myself more than I appreciate what that might do to me. Oh, you've got to enjoy what you do. If you're going to do this for 90 plus hours a week, you kind of have to like your job. Well, and that's, and that's also those wines that, like, like Daryl was saying, vintage by vintage nothing changes and they all taste the same something's wrong yeah you know there there's no variations mm. yeah that there's an issue there that's a recipe you know? yeah. that's a recipe that's yeah. you're you're following a trend or a flavor that you won't diverge from and that's why we want to do these wines that change year over year yeah because if it tastes the same every year then question us about what's going on yeah. it shouldn't be the same every year if the blend is changing the taste should change mm-hmm. You want it to be in the same realm, but if it's back to back, then what are you doing to that to make yeah. sure it's that way? Yeah. And that's where it comes down to, you know, having smaller production, especially for the rust labels. You know, we get to do that completely different wine year over year, yeah. but it's the same blocks, same fruit, same winemaker, and nothing's the same. I think I've we'll, just kind of been I think talking. we'll leave it there. No, I think I think that's great. I think we'll leave it there. <laughs> Okay. Um, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. This is awesome. We, yeah. Like I said before, I listened to you in my truck. So actually being in the same room, hearing your voice is kind of like, <laughs> that's funny. There he is. <laughs> so that's this funny. is great. Yeah. When, I, yeah. when I'm driving, when I'm driving vineyard to vineyard, I'm always listening to Ian and I'm like, I think we're going to leave it there for now. Thanks for listening. For more wine conversation and podcast updates, you can follow us on Instagram at Ian's Wine Truths. Check out our website for great photos of our guests. Friendsofthevine.podbean.com Take care. Have a blast for me.